0: Well, it's a joy to welcome in those of you who are joining us live online, or those of you who are checking this out later during the week through the archived version of that. Good to have you be a part of worship today. I had a good friend who was kind of a mentor in my life who, many years ago, uh, spoke a word to me that didn't make a lot of sense at the time. He, he was sharing with me what he was seeing God do in the nations, and particularly in Africa. And he said something at the time, and I'll just be honest with you, I thought it was not, kind of nonsense. He said, we're about to see a day when Africa, the nations of Africa, will be sending missionaries to us. We have been the great mission-sending nation for the past century or two in the world. America has been. sending, And, and it's been part of what has honored this nation and, and I think has helped invoke blessing on this nation is that we've been the great mission-sending country. But this friend said, you watch in our lifetime... These countries that we've been reaching that the fire of revival has swept through, they'll be the ones sending missionaries back to us to bring the fire back. We live in that time now. That is exactly where we live today. And that is a big part of why it's important today that we have the privilege of hearing from a brother who is living in a place where the Spirit of God is moving so powerfully where revival is taking place, and for us to get a taste of that as he comes and shares with us today. I met Isaiah Kadiri several months ago for the very first time, and my heart just connected with his immediately. Uh, Isaiah is a fellow church planter. He has planted a dozen churches, and he, he serves as the overseer of those churches in Nigeria. Uh, And also God has placed a calling on his life to this part of the world. Uh, And I believe it is purely because he intends to, to bring the same kind of sweeping revival here that has been moving across Africa that is transforming an entire continent. And so I want to ask you to give a Freedom Church welcome to my friend and brother Isaiah Kadiri. i've asked for a few minutes to just get to interact with isaiah before he preaches because i know that you're like me that you've got a bunch of questions for this guy and so i'm going to try and ask some of what you'd like to know from him and and man let me just say for starters you you just have got me outdressed to the nines you are looking you are looking good this morning (laughs) Okay, the average American, let's just be honest, when we say Nigeria, the average American would probably just sort of go somewhere on that great big continent, don't know much about Nigeria or where it is. Maybe we could could connect that with the stories of Boko Haram. Tell us something about life in Nigeria, what it's like to live in Nigeria today.
1: Um, I want to say good morning to everybody here. Uh, It's a good time to be together, and I want to thank God for my friend. Uh, Mark Price The Lord just connected us together It was a divine connection When I met with him I really saw the person of Jesus On the inside of him Because he's so humble Down to the earth These are the people that God always brings me across I really thank God for the grace of God Upon your life Can we give Jesus a round of applause For this man of God Come on Amen Uh Nigeria is uh, right in West Africa It is the most populous nation in Africa and uh, with a population of about 180 million people uh, which is about half the population of the United States and uh, Nigeria since 2009 has been under siege of uh, islamic uh, fundamentalists they say that they have their religious ideology and want everybody to be converted to uh, islam they want to make everybody to become a follower of uh, mohammed or whatever Uh, but i know that with what god is doing in nigeria uh, nigeria has more of christian population than islamic population uh, the southern part of nigeria is uh, mostly uh, christian and the northern part is mostly muslim although we have by the grace of god have been trying to Uh, evangelize the northern part of Nigeria which is majority are Muslims so they want to impose their religion upon everybody in Nigeria and we say that's not going to happen amen amen that's not going to happen amen Uh, so Christians in the face of provocation in the face of attack we have resort to prayers we have resort to taking up our spiritual armor Which is a prayer for the Bible says we got to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not cannon. They are not rifle. They are not AK-47. They are not uh, uh, pistol. But they are spiritual and they are strong. So we are taking the Islamic set now on our knees. We are really praying to God that the, the, the God of heaven will cause a noise in their camp and turn their council upside down and I believe that something is already happening, the government is on top of the situation and they are about to be wiped out of Nigeria now and we give God the praise because of the success that has been recorded by our government in Nigeria, things are really happening and uh, a lot of these radical Muslims, in the course of their trying to go and bomb churches, they met with Jesus, like Paul, on the way to Damascus. And some of them gave their lives to Jesus Christ, and uh, some of them are being converted to Christianity. And God is doing great work in Nigeria. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So. That's just about the Islamic side. Then, we are also faced with a lot of challenges about uh, spiritual forces, demonic forces. There are so much uh, black magic power in Africa. Uh, the demons and the spirit of voodoo and all these uh, satanic magical power. You remember when you read in Genesis uh, how Moses confronted Pharaoh and the magicians in Egypt. You remember this story very well. So magical power is so much in Africa. Not Today, but it has been like that from ages. Even in the time of Moses, Egypt, which is the northern part of Africa, was a center of black magic power. They can make enchantment and um, you know bring something out just to just to manipulate the mind of people. But guess what? There's something that happened uh, recently: uh, we have a teenager in our church, and he made up his mind. He said. Uh, he was going to frustrate the the magical power There was a magician that stood on the roadside On the highway And was doing some magical thing And uh, people came and gathered And they were watching him You know, making enchantment And some things will appear Making enchantment And you can see a live snake working around And he can make enchantment And bring a drink A kind of soda drink From an empty can. So this young teenager came to the place and said, I want to know the power in the name of Jesus. I want to know how strong the name of Jesus has power. And he prayed that, Lord, if the name of Jesus is powerful, let it work right now. So while the magician was trying to convince people, extorting money from them, he now told them that, look, uh, this is a container. He turned it like this. He said, is there anything inside? They said, No. He said he is going to make enchantment and then there's, he's going to bring out drinks, a soda drink from inside the empty can. So as he was making all the enchantment by black magic power, this young boy raised his hand silently and began to pray at And say in the name of Jesus, I frustrate the enchantment of this magician. It will not yield result. It will not work today. I frustrate it in the name of Jesus. I frustrate it in the name of Jesus. As he was just praying that prayer in his mind. And all the magical power and enchantment just failed. And the man was disappointed. And he was embarrassed and was looking at people and saying, I've never experienced this kind of things before. And uh, he tried to do it, but he never succeeded that day because this young boy used the name of Jesus and locked up the source of his power. Oh, man, there is power in the name (laughs) of Jesus. Amen.
0: (laughs) I'm curious to hear, you you see the the state of the church in, in Nigeria, what God is doing there, and what you're seeing in the states. Tell me what you see that maybe the average American church coer couldn't initially imagine or appreciate about what God is doing in Nigeria in terms of what the Spirit is doing?
1: Um, right now, we have the wind of revival blowing all over Nigeria, and not just Nigeria, in Africa. Right now, I must tell you, and that is the truth, you can look it up on the, on the net, uh, Nigeria is hosting the largest Christian gathering in the world. Uh, in the year 2008, a church called Redeemed Christian Church of God Had a convention that hosted uh, 5 million people in attendance And no house can, can hold them They have to use an open field And you can see the sea of people miles and miles as far as your eyes can go So the convocation was growing in the year 2006 There were over 10 million people that convocate. The most alarming one that blew the mind of people in the year 2012, the congregation grew to uh, close to 15 million people assembled in one place. Uh, you can look it up on the net Uh, the name of the church is uh, Redeemed Christian Church of God in Nigeria so there is wind of revival right now and uh, what is happening in America like our pastor has said Uh, America where the people that send missionaries to Africa and third world country after the Azusa Street revival you know many volunteers travel all to uh, to Africa and they brought a lot of Bible and then they were able to open our eyes to know the truth of the gospel and now God is saying that it's time for America to receive missionaries because American nations or states has become a missionary field right now because uh, the church, the church has to go back to have first love and the church must go back to have first love for Christ and then now when, when you allow missionaries to come to other parts of the world you are sowing seed of the souls of men of missionaries and the Bible says when you give out you're going to receive back so it's now time for missionaries to come back to the foundation and explore United States for Jesus Christ the kingdom work is growing now in Nigeria God has helped I got the revelation to pioneer a church in a highly demonic infested environment I said Lord that's a dangerous uh, negotiation but God say if I send you I'm going to go with you so God went with me and um, We started the first church in 2003, and the second church in 2004. Every year we start a new church, and by the grace of God, we have been able to uh, set up 12 churches spread across three states in Nigeria. The revival fire is burning in Nigeria. And I tell you what, God showed to me that there's going to be an end time bond revival in this Gulf Coast that is going to take the whole world by storm one more time. And I see that revelation that the wind of revival is coming and we got to get ready to press in to the glory of the end time. Because the church was born in power and the church will be raptured in power. Amen. Amen.
0: I'm going to ask you one more question, and then I'm going to sit down because you're locked and loaded. You're ready to go. (laughs) But uh, you've been planting churches. I I, I wish we had time to hear the stories of all 12. But I want you to share what you shared with me about the first church that you planted and the opposition and what God did, and then just turn loose with what God gave you. Thanks, thanks, man.
1: (laughs) The first church was a great challenge to me in the year 23 because I was just trying to make sure that everything that God has spoken to me, I carry it out. So... I went to the place that God showed me that we're going to start the first church, and there was a witch doctor. A witch doctor is uh, someone that operates by demonic power of magical uh, activity you know like uh, you can read in the Bible in Acts chapter 8 how Samaria was under the siege of uh, witchcraft spirit and there was a wizard in Samaria in the Bible days that his name was Simon the sorcerer he cast spells on everybody in the whole city and brought everybody into bondage that was the situation we met in the place we planted the first church and uh, this man just called me and said, are you the pastor that wants to start a church here? I said, yes sir. He said, well, I'm sorry to let you know that you can't plant no church here because this place is my territory. And I told him, I said, well, my Bible tells me that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So God sent me here. You got no territory. Jesus owns the word. He died for the word and he sent me here to preach his good news to the people. And then he looked at me and said, are you daring me? I said, well, I am not daring you, but I'm telling you the truth. Amen Sometimes you don't need to be afraid of the devil Because greater is he that is in you Than he that is in the world And I believe that No enchantment against Jacob Nor any divination against Israel That will work So if you know your right, and you know what kingdom right is all about, you can stand and look at the devil eyeball to eyeball and tell the devil, get out of my way because I got no business with you. Amen. So So I told this man that, well, God sent me here. He said, well, if you would like to know, I want to tell you that, Some other pastors has come here before, but they could not do what they wanted to do. The last one that came died and was, you know, taken away from here. Do you want to die? I said, well, my Bible tells me I shall not die. I shall live and declare the works of God. So we talk back and forth, you know, exchanging word. And he said, well, if you so much have confidence in this Jesus you're talking about, then just give me a handshake. And then, well, I must tell you, don't tell anybody. You know, my heart was beating faster because I don't know what is going to happen. He said, shake my hand. I was not really willing to shake his hand. And he said, you see, you don't, you don't trust Jesus that he can save you. I can make a, a pronouncement on you now. You're going to die right here. He said, shake my hand if you trust your Jesus. And I was just trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And um, should I shake his hand? Should I not shake his hand? If I do shake his hand, what is going to happen? What up? A- and then the scripture flashed through my mind. He said, have you not read in the scripture? No enchantment against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. No spell can work on you isaiah 54 verse 17 says no weapon formed against you shall prosper any tongue that rises against you in judgment you condemn so you know who you are you stand on your right for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world all the scriptures were flashing through my mind and then faith grew out of my spirit and as i'm going to shake him let let heaven fall, whatever is going to happen, I don't care. So I brought out my hand, I said, I'm going to shake you, and I shook his hand, and nothing happened. He was looking at me, I was staring at him. After some time, he said, it is like you are a spiritually strong man. I said, well, it is the person you are seeing is not me, Is he that dwells in me. Amen. Now all of you here... You have power, you have authority, because you believe in Jesus. The devil can do you no harm, if you know your right, if you know what God has called you to do. You can tell the devil, out of my way, you can command the devil to get out of your way, and he's going to obey, because you have authority over him. Then what? Within the week, this very man fell down in his own bathroom and had a stroke. He was stricken down by his own spell That he wanted to curse on me To place a curse on me But the curse reversed back to him And he fell down and was paralyzed And guess what? He now told them, he said, do not take me to hospital Take me to the church I want to see that pastor I want to give my life to Jesus Take me to the church Take me to the church Oh, my God. And when they brought him to the church, I was kind of, what is happening? He said, well, I wanted to cast a spell on you and curse you. That day you shook my hand. I wanted to place a curse on you to paralyze you. But I don't know what happened. Everything reversed back to me. Raise your voice and say there is power In the name of Jesus Say that again, say there is power In the name of Jesus Say at the name of Jesus Every knee shall bow Every tongue shall confess That Jesus is Lord Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Say amen if you believe so the name of Jesus is practically powerful especially when you come to the nation of Africa. Because that is where you can really see how powerful the name of Jesus is. Because on the street you can see a lot of people that are possessed by the powers of demons looking for souls and lives of people to destroy. You know? But because we have Jesus, we put on the armor of prayer, and they can do us nothing. We've been uh, planning church from place to place for over uh, a decade now. And the faithfulness of God has been seeing us through. Give the Lord a clap offering. Are you ready? (laughs) Look at somebody say, get ready now. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Amen. Today, the Spirit of God laid it upon my heart to share with you the message I have titled, Faith That Moves Mountain. Faith That Moves Mountain. That's the subject we're going to discuss this morning. Faith that moves mountains. And I don't want you to forget the subject of our discussion this morning. So could you please say with me and say, Faith, Faith that moves, that moves mountains. mountains. Say that again. Faith, Faith that moves mountains. You can say it one more time. Faith that moves mountains. Yeah. So don't you ever forget that. If somebody asks you, what did the preacher preach? Just simply tell the person, faith that moves mountain. Now, uh, mountain in the Bible is a symbolic of problems of life. The word of God used that mountain as a metaphor of problems that people go through in life. Because to climb a mountain is a lot of work. For you to get over the mountain and get going to your destination is a lot of work. On the road of your journey to your destiny, there are so many mountains on the way. But by faith, you can overcome. You can get over every mountain that the enemy is going to put on your way. Some of those mountains, they come to us in form of sickness. Some of those mountains, they come to us in form of financial depravity. Some of those uh, mountains, they come to us in form of marriage crisis. Some of those mountains, they come to us in the form of uh, addictions, trying to get over uh, uh, a kind of situation in your life. Some of those mountains are situations that try to drag you backward when you are supposed to be going forward. Some of those mountains are obstacles in life that hinder your journey to your destiny. But the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38, it said, Now the just shall live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith The righteous shall live by faith And now, if the just is going to live by faith Then everything about your life is going to be by faith Your healing is going to be by faith Your financial breakthrough is going to be by faith Your marriage success is going to be by faith Faith in the Lord Jesus Faith in the leadership of the Holy Spirit that is when you're going to succeed. You're going to have faith. Faith. So the subject of faith is, is the hub of Christianity. You've not seen God at any time. Have you? Have you seen God eyeball to eyeball? And He stands before you and say, I am God. Have you seen God like that before? But you believe that He is by faith. If anybody has seen God, it's not with this physical eye, it should be by revelation or in the dream or Jesus can appear to you while you are in your subconscious state. That is when people catch the revelation of God. But you know God do exist by the work of His hand. because if you look at yourself in the mirror, you now know that God is real. Because he made you wonderfully and beautifully. And that's why you are what you are today. Because he made you so good. Amen. Amen. Now, now, your journey is going to be by faith. Everything about you is going to be by faith. And we are talking about faith that moves mountain. If all your problems, you're going to bring them under control, is going to be by faith. Now, let me begin by saying that, We're going to read two scriptures, and that is James chapter 2 verse 14. If you can write it down, that's fine. We're going to read uh, Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 1 to 6. Now, in Hebrews 11, the Bible says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is all about. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 puts across to us definition of faith. He gives an idea of what faith is all about. He said, faith is the substance of things you hope for and the evidence of things not seen. So what then is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now in verse 6 of Hebrews 11, the Bible said, without faith it is impossible to please God without faith you can't please god because he that must come to god must first believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him say with me by faith say with me by faith i believe in jesus by faith i am sanctified by his blood by faith i know he's coming back so take me to himself. I know everything by faith. Amen. Now, um, in James chapter 2 verse 14, the Bible says, faith without work is dead. Faith has a corresponding action. Faith without work is dead. So, if you say you have faith... Is going to be revealed by your work. Because Paul said, show me your faith without work. And I will show you my faith by my works. That's what Paul said. Amen. So, uh, I want you to understand that you sitting down here, you have faith. That's why you are here. Without faith, you can't be here. Everybody has faith. But faith has degrees. Faith has level. Faith, you know, is bigger than each other. Some people's faith is stronger than other people's faith. But I'm a prayer for every one of you this morning is that God increase your faith. God increase your faith. God increase your faith. Say amen. Amen. Now, there there was a woman in the Bible, Because I know that there are two forces on earth that is working. There are two forces on earth that is working every day the forces of light and the forces of darkness. They work every day. God is light, and the devil is darkness. And God operates by faith, and the devil operates by fear and ignorance. God operates by faith, and the devil operates by fear and ignorance. No devil can do any work in your life unless he establishes fear and ignorance in your life. And no way God can do work in your life unless he establishes faith in your life so faith is a contrast of fear faith is a contrast of fear when you have faith you can move mountain you can do the impossible by faith and i told you before that faith has level faith has level and our prayer this morning is that god will increase our faith on a daily basis, as we read His Word, as we believe His Word, as we, you know, serve Him and go deeper by the things of the Spirit, our faith can grow more than we are now. And now, if faith, if faith is what God operates by, then if you must be healed, you've got to have faith to be healed. If you must prosper, You must got to have faith in God to prosper. If you must have peace in this life, you've got to accelerate your faith in Christ. And then, that's the same way the devil accelerates fear in people in order to work in them. But guess what? The Bible says in Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of what? power, love... And of a sound mind. That is what God has given to us. Power, love, and of a sound mind. Never the spirit of fear. God never gives you fear. He gives you power, dynamis, love, agape, and sound mind. Sound mind. That's what God gives to you. So when you have sound mind, you can believe God that he is faithful and that his word can never fail. This morning, I believe that every single word that God has spoken over you shall come to pass by faith in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Alright? Faith, therefore is your unwavering confidence in God and the word of His promises that He is faithful to do what He says He will do in your life. Now, examples of faith in the Bible is, you move from Genesis to Revelation, you see examples of people that demonstrated faith in the Bible. Uh, David was one of them. Moses was one of them. Everyone display faith. It took faith for David to withstand Goliath. In the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 17, it was by faith David confronted Goliath. Because he told him, you're coming to me with your armor, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord God. Now, today, God is going to hand you over to me, I'm going to cut off your head, and I'm going to use your body to feed the birds of the earth. That was faith declaration. So, when you have faith, you can confront your situation, you can tell the enemy that you are on top of the situation. Say, Amen. Amen. Today, we are quickly going to examine one of those biblical characters about faith. Her name is not mentioned in the Bible, but we heard that she was a woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of blood was a woman that demonstrated incredible faith in her time. And even Jesus commended her faith. (laughs) And now, uh, there are things I want you to understand about this woman. Now, I want you to understand five things about this woman. This woman with the issue of blood. Number one thing I want you to understand about this woman in Luke chapter 8 verse 43. That's where the story is. Luke chapter 8 verse 43 talks about the story of the woman with the issue of blood and how she demonstrated her faith. This woman had an issue of blood. The first thing we want to know about her is that her calamity... Became her identity for 12 years Her calamity became her identity for 12 years The woman with the issue of blood She got a name But her name is not in the Bible So she was identified by her problems That's what we see right in the church today A lot of us are being identified by situations we go through by the problem that surrounds your life But when you receive visitation from Jesus Christ My God Jesus will give you wings of eagle To fly over every circumstances of your life Can I hear you say amen, amen. So her problem worse her identity She was identified by the issue of blood Now what are people using to identify you today? Is it the problems you're going through? Don't you know that brother that is diabetic? Don't you know that brother or that sister that has cancer? Don't you know that brother that is homeless? She he could not pay for her home. And, uh, you know, what you go through become your description, become your identity. That's not the will of God for you. God, by faith, is going to bring you out of every situation like he did it for this woman, he's gonna do it for you. Say with me, he's gonna do it for me. Amen. Say it again, say he's gonna do it for me. The number two thing I want us to understand about this woman is she has tried everything and spent all her money, but her situation grew worse. Mark five twenty six. Mark 5:26 says, she tried everything and gave money to doctors and everything she had tried. Her condition grew worse. Are you here this morning? You have tried everything and your life is not getting better. You have tried everything. The peace you are looking for does not come. You have tried everything. Your marriage is still on a shaky ground. You have tried everything. Your finances is still going down the drain. You have tried everything. I got a good news for you this morning, that the same Jesus that changed this woman's life is right by your seat where you are seated, is right by your side where you are seated, and he knows what you've been through. He knows how many years you've been struggling in life to get out of that situation, but I tell you what, today in the name of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus will reach out to you and will pull you out of every circumstances in your life that have made you to cry in the night, that have made you to weep in the night, the same Jesus is coming to lift you out of your problem and I believe God that He did it for me He's going to do it for you if you believe that, say thank you Lord oh yes thank you Lord, glory to God number three thing about this woman is that She heard about Jesus. The first thing is that her problems became her identity. The second thing about this woman is that uh, she has tried everything and spent all her living. And the situation grew worse. The third thing about this woman, she heard about Jesus. Her faith rose above discouragement of the past experiences from many doctors Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Romans 10:17 says, <laughs> "Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." She heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus, and her faith rose. She heard about Jesus, and she developed faith. She believed that all the information she heard about Jesus is going to work out in her life. What do you expose your mind to hearing? What do you expose your ears to hearing? This woman heard about Jesus. A lot of us here today, when we have problems, we go on the internet looking for solutions. Looking for the best doctor. And they will begin to tell you some things that will kill your faith instead of building your faith. Oh, this type of situation has killed somebody. This type of situation has kill somebody, and they put fear in your heart because of what you hear from the news, what you hear from the net, what you hear from the doctor. They give you a report that makes you believe that your situation is incurable and your situation, there is no solution, and you begin to have fear in your heart. But this woman... Listen to the good news about Jesus. Today, there is good news about Jesus coming to you. That Jesus Christ can do all impossibility in your life. Jesus can heal cancer. Jesus can heal diabetes. Jesus can remove your financial situation. Jesus Jesus can bring you out of every situation you found yourself. Let me tell you a story quickly about a man called Young Cho. Young Gisho was a pastor in South Korea, one of the largest churches on earth. How did he give his life to Jesus? It was through a tract that a young teenage girl gave to him on his dying bed. He was diagnosed with tuberculosis. He had tuberculosis and the doctor told him that you have two more weeks to live. And now he made up his mind that he was going to die. And here comes a, a little girl. He hand over um, a good news in a tract to him on a dying bed. And talked to him about the love of Jesus. And he read through the, 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 the tract and said, Oh, Lord Jesus, if you are real. Because he was a Buddhist. He was a Buddhist. That was what he was, you know, before he gave his life to Jesus. He said, Jesus, if you are real, if you are real. Heal me and bring me out of this dying bed Then I'm going to serve you all my life And Jesus appeared to him on his dying bed and healed him. And today, he is the pastor of the largest churches in the world. And I tell you, the same Jesus can do it for you. The same Jesus can reverse every sentence of doctors over your life. The same Jesus can reverse every economic declaration against your life. The same Jesus can reverse everything that the evil power of darkness are speaking over you as a curse jesus will reverse it and make it a blessing say amen Amen. oh yes say amen Amen. and now faith by faith you can come out of whatever situation you are and this woman heard about jesus and her faith grew somebody told her about jesus oh he said what jesus are you saying